So welcome back everyone to another exciting episode of Inside the System. I'm thrilled to have you all here. There's a lot of new listeners here and ones I recognize and admire and follow. Um, this space, no matter you know where you are on your creative journey, this whole space inside the system, I want it to be your go-to resource for mastering the art of systems and achieving like extraordinary success in building your personal brand. I'm working on providing this space to help you uh, get behind the scenes with your favorite creators and find valuable insights and inspiration that you can apply to your own brand. And today I have with me a special guest, uh, Jacob Risley, who I see as the king of sales, probably one of the few people that I only take the knowledge of sales from. So uh, get ready to uncover the secrets on how to handle the sales process without the pressure. Let's dive right in. Jacob, thank you for joining me uh, today. I'm honored to have you on as my guest. Uh, could you please take a minute to share a little bit about who you are and what you do before we get into the questions? Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. I appreciate you having me on here. So I want to start off because this is a sales space. I am an introvert. So anyone else that's listening that's introverted, don't think that that disqualifies you from being a good salesperson. Um, I got into sales first when I was 17. And then when I was 19, I got into a door-to-door sales job where I actually went and sold for 80 hours a week every summer throughout college for four summers. So I did that four years. And through that, I was selling educational resources and got to master my own sales process and mostly did that job so I could get out of my comfort zone, grow my communication skills, pretty much any skills that I knew I would need to be successful in life, no matter what I did. And I'm grateful for all that experience because it's helped me grow a lot of sales skills. I also coached and mentored salespeople for three out of those four years. So I'm taking all my skills and now I'm here on Twitter to help people realize their potential and just grow as a person and inspire other people to do the same thing, inspire their own audiences to do the same thing. So it's a total honor to be here. I am excited to get into it because this stuff is so much fun to talk about for me. And I'm excited to help you guys master your own sales flow. I appreciate you, man. I appreciate you. And uh, I'm sure that we're just going to have such a blast going through all these questions and deep diving every, uh, all the areas. And you know what? I was thinking, let's, let's just start at the top since you've already given your intro. And I was just curious, what were the events that led you to strongly believe in zero pressure sales? Because that's your whole brand. And you're, like you said, you're an introvert. So you're trying to open that door for people who have those false beliefs. Yeah. Well, I think it just stems from a couple of things. The common belief of sales is that you're convincing people or persuading them or getting them to buy something that they wouldn't otherwise want to buy. So you feel like you have to persuade them, convince them, manipulate them. And that approach overall, the reason I don't like that approach is because I have personally applied that approach when I sold door to door at certain times. And when you work in any sales situation with that mentality where you're there to convince people, you're trying to sell them, you're trying to get them to buy what you have, it feels very gross. It feels very unpleasant and it's not very satisfying. You just, I think for anyone that's self-aware, you don't enjoy that process because it's very force-based. It's very much so based on what you want rather than what's beneficial for you and the other person as a whole. And so I really just got in touch with this throughout that door-to-door sales job because going door-to-door and 
selling books is just door to door in general is a job where you are just perceived naturally as like a salesperson, you know, just someone that's here to sell something. And you really get to learn how to connect with people on a deeper level than that. So they can see that you're just another human being trying to help them. And that's where I really developed this mentality because when I would approach sales door to door, where like, I'm just trying to sell you, I'm trying to make money, I'm trying to gain from you. People would be completely turned off at the door because that showed through my eyes, through my words, through my body language. But when I really started to focus on service and how I could help the people around me, that is when it really started to shift. And I started to connect with people. I started to build great relationships with people. And that's when I would have sales conversations with people where they would buy at the end. And then they would literally be thanking me at the end for knocking on their door and having these books for them to buy. So I believe in zero pressure sales because when you start in sales, you'll figure out that if you try to convince or pressure or manipulate people into buying your product, if they do somehow buy it because you do that, you're not going to feel very good about it and they're not going to feel very good about their purchase either. And so the way that you really make it a win-win situation is focusing on how you can help the person in front of you and making the relationship very mutually beneficial. And it's just overall very fulfilling and very pleasurable to lose yourself in the service of others. So that is why I take that approach to it. Uh, and I like it, man, because it, you, like you said, it's one of those things that uh, is very common in the industry. And I used to hate a lot of sales guys, uh, you know, in the business going um, for in the past and just never ever was interested in sales because I felt like it was false and you had to put on this persona. So when I got introduced to it, mainly uh, you being one of the uh, first people that introduced me to the whole authentic selling, I started to enjoy the process more. And I became more conscious of what made that process more enjoyable when you didn't have some sort of persona behind what you're trying to do. And it was more natural. Uh, your style always kind of shows that. And it's one of the main messages I always get from your t tweets as well. Absolutely. Because it's just, I mean, it's the same thing with writing content. It, you know, you can try and put on a persona, but that's not going to feel very good. And it's not going to resonate with people very much. And it's the same thing with sales, content, whatever sort of avenue you're working through it's just like the more authentic you can be the more you can stay true to how you want to live the better it's going to be for you and the people you're talking to it's just natural and that's the way to go mm -hmm. yeah I, I agree with you you know one of the tweets you mentioned uh one of the past tweets you're saying something about sales is about finding needs that people have and then filling them or fulfilling them so i wanted to know your process for identifying the needs of your potential client on a deeper level and how you can be the person that fulfills that for them. Mm -hmm. So this is, this is why I love sales because it's kind of like a craft. It, it's just a flow that you get to master. And when you really dive into helping the people in front of you, this is what I mean by finding needs and filling them. You're just there to ask questions and really connect with the person in front of you. So you can see what their goals are, what their needs are, like what they're struggling with, what their obstacles are. And through that process of just connecting with them, getting to know them as a person and getting to know what they're kind of struggling with or what's holding them back from their goals, that's how you begin to find how you can help them. And that's where you just tailor the way you actually help people to their specific needs. Because 
we all have, you know, you have like your offer, your positioning, you know, the things you can help people with, but the way that you really connect with people is when you really tailor that to them. They can feel when you're there to help them or when you're just kind of giving out a canned, canned pitch of like, oh, this is what I help you with. It's like, no, I know you were talking about how it's just really time consuming for you to try all these different strategies and not have them work very well. I mean, that's honestly what I'm here to help you with. I've worked out a lot of these processes myself so I can show you how to streamline the process and help you make better decisions so you don't have to waste a lot of that time. And that's what I'm here to help with. You know, that, that's how you tailor that kind of stuff. You know how you help people and you listen to their needs and you really, really listen. Then you'll be able to intuitively tailor how you can help people based on those needs. Because people will just naturally think that sales is about convincing. It's about persuading. It's about selling someone on something. But it really is just about taking the time to connect with that person, discover their needs by asking them questions. And when it comes to asking questions, I just tell everyone to take a, like, just let your curiosity go wild. Just take a genuine interest in that person in front of you. It's going to make a world of difference in the connection that you actually develop with that person. It's going to be incredibly fulfilling to you. They're going to feel heard and listened to and empowered as a result when you show how you can help them. So that's why I approach it as finding needs and filling them. And if you want one technical way to just kind of, when it comes to finding needs, everyone's like, okay, what questions do I ask? The way I approach it, you know, the question, like you generally know some questions based on your offer, how you help people that you can ask to discover how you can help people. But in order to find these, a great way, a great structure to do this, I went over this in my sales training last week, was find out, like, identify the pain points that you really help with, the major pain points, and then just brainstorm questions that help you discover that person's relationship to those pain points. So an example, like the time one I just used, if someone's like, they're looking for a coach because they just feel like they're wasting all this time trying stuff that does work. And there's a lot of stuff that doesn't work. It's like, that's a pain point. So you can ask them a question like, do you feel like you're using your time efficient efficiently? Or, um, if you could be using your time on anything in your business, what would it be? You know, and I'll, I'll, most of the time it's not going to be just trying out these new strategies. It's going to be like optimizing their processes, creating new ventures to help people, to serve people. So, Find those pain points that you help people with and then just, just brainstorm some questions that help you discover their relationship to that pain point. Those will help you kind of find those needs and then you just kind of fill them and on an intuitive level. Honestly, you just kind of go with the flow. The more you be present with the conversation, you'll, you'll intuitively know how you can fill them. I love it. Thank, thank you for that sharing that. You know, I was thinking um, I want to take it a little out of the whole sales process equation, but on the same idea of sales and it's something that you've touched upon in one of your tweets being it's a skill, um, not just a skill actually, but a life dynamic, something that you mentioned before. Mm. So and there's a lot of creators here I can see who all produce, uh, you know, bang of content that I enjoy uh, reading and engaging with. How can a creator sell their ideas and overarching message through their content using the same principles? That you mentioned so this is a great question i mean it's just like in anything we do in life we're always selling and especially in the content that you write 
And a great way to approach that is just, I think, when you look at most Twitter gurus in general, or just, you know, people that are talking on Twitter, a lot of times you just, you know, the things that you can help people with, things that you're knowledge about, knowledgeable about, and you can, you find that topic and you pretty much just, you, you sell in the same way, like what you're doing, you know, a topic that people struggle with, a pain point, a problem, that's a need. And then you can create content that kind of tailors to fill that need to give people some sort of resolution or satisfaction to that pain point or that need. And that's going to get more eyes on your profile. That's going to help people make some breakthroughs. And then, you know, in threads, that's where you dive deeper into these kind of topics and same with newsletters. You know, I, I wouldn't consider myself any kind of expert when it comes to writing content that specifically does this because I'm still figuring this out as I go as well. You know, I'm not a, a perfect expert on this, but it's the same dynamic where you are just there to, you know, the things that you can help people with the problems and you just create content that kind of tailors to that. And then there's, you know, you get into all the, the ways to grab attention and all that stuff that I'm still learning about. Even there's just so much to learn about. But I think the biggest thing is if you can just be yourself in the content that you create, it's the same thing as a sales conversation. You're there to let your authentic personality shine through that. And the people that really resonate with you, the people that are activated by that are going to be activated by that and be more interested in who you are, how you can help, what you can offer. And they're going to let that lesson that you're communicating with your content settle in a lot more. So I don't think it's necessarily about how you tailor your content. I think it's just about how you talk, how you personally convey the message that you're trying to get across because the right people are going to resonate with you. The people that are kind of in alignment with where you are and the people that aren't in alignment with where you are, they're not ready for you right now anyways. And that's the cool thing about it. You just get to attract the right people at the right time. I always say, if you're being the best version of yourself and you're embodying who you are freely, the right people will always come to you at the right time. I love that. And I'm sure Joshua's probably really happy that you're talking about the authenticity side of things because <laughs> it's his area and uh, something I always hear him writing about. And, you know, it's interesting to me how these dynamics all intertwine. And if you get one area right, you can kind of pass that on to all the other areas. And there seems Absolutely. to be like these surface level principles or should we say deeper principles that connect them all. Uh, so, you know, definitely, definitely appreciate you sharing on that. I was thinking um, there's probably so many misconceptions and things that you, people hear about sales. Uh, is there any specific one that you want to shed light on that you want to expand on? Is like a specific one that you thought, you know what, this is one thing I want to talk about. And I want to just tackle this misconception that people have about sales. That's a great question. Um I already talked about sales being finding needs and filling them. That's what I would talk about. But because I already talked about that, I want to touch on something else that just randomly popped into my head when you said that is the concept of people talking too much in their sales conversations. And I made a tweet about this recently, but what this stems from is kind of a, a, a over explaining kind of approach to things because they feel like they need to make sure the person understands every single little aspect of the entire service and if they don't, they're not going to buy. And that's coming from the mentality, the lack mentality of like, what can I say so that this person buys? And that mentality, if you take into a sales conversation, if you take into your content that you write, 
any of that, that is not going to be conducive to a mutually beneficial relationship whatsoever, because you're focusing on what you're going to gain. What can I say so that they buy my service? Me, me, me. But when you really shift that focus to how can I help this person? What, what are their fears? What are they trying to learn about to make sure they're making a good decision from, by purchasing from me? When you, you shift that focus off of yourself and ask these questions of like, if I was in their shoes, what would I, what would I be looking for? Like, what would I want to gain from this? And be there to give that to them, you know, be there to serve them in that way. You know, don't just be there to, I, I want to touch on this again, like the more you try and operate from that mentality of what can I say so that these people buy, it's one, it's going to be very inauthentic to yourself. You're not going to really resonate with a lot of what you're saying and you're going to be, and two, you're just going to be trying to force things. You're going to be trying to control and manipulate things when you really don't have any control over whether or not they buy. You just have to give your best to them, how you can show how you can help them and the right people are going to buy. I, I relate this to a, um, this is a good analogy for this. If anyone wants a sales analogy, just when you're talking to people, there's this playing card analogy I use and there's 52 cards in a deck. Four of them are aces. Those are people that are going to be a hell yes, sign me up no matter what. It doesn't matter what the hell you say. You could completely fumble that conversation. They're going to buy from you. Then there's face cards. There's 12 of those. Those are people that are going to be a yes or no. They could go either way. And then there's number cards. Those are people that are just going to be a no, no matter what. And this is an analogy I used when I was going door to door because that's very much so cold calling. So I would equate this more to cold calling if you're doing like cold DMs or cold outreach. But when people come to you like inbound leads, that's definitely much more of like aces and face cards are like hell yes and number cards are like yes or no. They could go either way. So overall, the whole purpose behind this is like there's nothing that you can say that will get someone to buy something that they don't want to buy. So just remember that the best thing you can do in a sales conversation is just be there to connect, be there to serve the person in front of you. And if they're meant to buy, like if they think it's going to be useful, they're going to buy. And if they don't, that's okay. You'll find another person. I actually have a tweet about this coming out later, but when you really click into service, you realize that you don't have very much to lose from them saying no, you, you know, maybe just a little bit of a temporary amount of money, you know, maybe a thousand bucks or something. That'll come from someone else, but they have a lot to lose by you not focusing on serving them. I've had people that when I coached them, they, they've told me like, you've completely changed the direction of my life, especially when I was coaching people in door to door, like you've changed my life. And I know if I would not have taken the time to serve the person in front of me, their life could be in a completely different place. So shift the focus off of yourself and shift the focus on how you can help them because you have very little to lose, just a little bit of money. It's not going to make or break your business, but you could completely change their life. And if you're not focused on how you can serve them, they could completely lose that opportunity. And that's not something you can very easily get back. So keep that in mind. Man, I, I love your answers, man, and the insights. I love the analogy that you shared. And that last part was definitely something different to what I usually hear. It's very refreshing, your style, your approach to all of this. Um, I, I think this is what most people need, especially introverts who are struggling to oh, yeah. get that, that part out of the sales. You know, 
You know, I, I was thinking, based on what you've been saying so far, is there a fine line or a fine distinction between knowing whether you can help that person um, and not? So if you're on the sales call, and I usually I assume people who get onto the sales call are thinking about getting your service, sometimes they have objections, and then sometimes they're actually just not interested in what you have to offer, even after all that you've gone through. So what's the line, what would you use to distinguish between, okay, I can really help this person have an objection and I need to help them get overcome it or, you know, no, I can't really help this person. I should allow them to leave. This is a great question. Honestly, a couple of things pop into my mind. So there's, there are definitely people that you, you for sure know you can help with your service, but there are going to be some people that come into your world that like, you, you know, you, like you might be able to finagle your way and tailor your service a little to them, but like ultimately someone else could help them way better than you could in those kind of scenarios. When you know, you are not the best for best person for that person's needs right now, that's the kind of situation where you got to You got to learn to detach from that and let them go. You know, if, if you're not the one that can best help and serve them, you got to let that go. I had to learn that with one of my clients that I let go a, a month or two ago. She was in a situation that I, I could help her based on my knowledge, but I had never personally been through it. And I realized I couldn't help her as much as someone else could. And so I had to let her go, you know, and it was a very good ending, but that's an example of it, you know. And that comes back to the question of service. Like, what does this person need the most right now? Like, am I able to give them what they really need right now? Am I able to provide that for them? And would I enjoy doing that for them? That's an important thing as well. And when it comes to like, that's, that's one side of it. And another, another aspect of this is that you can really tell if you're going to be a good fit with someone or if they're going to buy, or if they're not really interested in general, and they're just kind of listening to you really based on the relationship you build with the person. Because if someone, this is the thing about like price objections too. If someone really saw the value in their, in your service and how it would help them achieve their goals, they would have no problem investing in it. It doesn't matter how much money it is. They're going to find a way. If they knew it would help them get to where they want to be, they'll find a way to do it. And what prevents people from seeing that a lot of the time is, you know, maybe there's a little bit of miscommunication sometimes, but if you don't have a really solid relationship built with that person, they're naturally not going to be as open as they would be as if you were guys were just like best friends, you know? So whenever I get into sales conversations with people, I always try to approach it as like, I'm just here to make friends. You know, I, I want to find out who you are as a person, what gets you ticking, what makes you special, what makes you unique, what are your goals, what are you struggling with, like what's preventing you from getting to those goals, like all these things that help me learn who this person is and still share about myself as well. Because if I'm just interrogating them and asking them a ton of questions and not saying a single thing about myself, it's kind of like, that's a one-way street. That doesn't feel very good if you're just being asked a ton of questions and you don't know who the person is that's asking you the questions. So really focusing on building that relationship is going to be a big differentiator as to whether or not you can serve people because it goes back to you can't get someone to buy something they don't want. Like if they're not open to it, like if they're not open-minded to the idea of your service and working with you in general, then everything you're doing in that entire conversation is pointless. You, you got to make sure like this. Okay. There's so many things I could talk about on this. I don't want to just keep bouncing all over the place, but I am. This also comes down to qualifying people, qualifying 
people in DMs because if you get inbound leads, you could just hop up right on a call with them without really finding out what they're looking for. And yeah, you can, you could, you'll probably find some clients through that, but you're much better off like nurturing the relationship a bit in the DMs and asking some qualifying questions to see if they fit your ideal client profile. Because if they don't, or if you eventually through asking these questions, you find out that they're not actually serious about making an investment right now. It's like you save yourself that time of being on that call for an hour and being emotionally invested in this person. And then them just being like, Oh no, I wasn't really going to buy today. I just kind of wanted to learn more about it. Like that, that's never fun. You know, you could, you still serve them, but that's never fun. So I bounced around on a lot of topics here. One of them just qualify and disqualify prospects and build that relationship. I don't want to use the word prospects, people, Qualify and disqualify people in the in the DMs before you hop on calls if they're coming into you, if they're inbound leads. Um, as well as, wow, see, I'm even trying to remember what I was talking about, like some of the other things. I'm just bouncing all around. Yeah, regardless. I mean, qualifying people. Oh, yeah, really building that relationship with the people that you're talking to as well that's incredibly important. So that's how you'll really be able to kind of dance that line of like whether or not they're interested and whether they are interested. But overall, you just focus on building that connection, serving the people in front of you, and they'll be much more open and receptive to buy. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm starting to see a regular theme and I feel like even if I ask you the the rest of the questions, they, uh, you just got one answer to it and you're drilling that to your audience <laughs> in your content. And, and it's not a bad thing. It's just like the most obvious thing, which is authenticity and just being real and not trying to look desperate and, you know, r- ruining that your content with it, uh, just trying to, trying to get the sale and people can smell desperation from far, really. You know, I want to tap into the close part of the sale mm-hmm. and I thought I'll, talk about something that I don't hear much people talk about, which is they can have a good buildup to the sale right up to the close part. And then they just ruin it. They ruin that, that area. So what's a, what's in your opinion, like a good system or approach to end the close and not fumble like towards the end. But I also know that you said you can actually fumble the whole thing and it's fine because if they were ready, they wouldn't mind. So I'm kind of getting a similar answer already for that. Well, I'll let you expand yeah. on it. So, I mean, the people that are just like, you know, aces, they're just designed to buy. They're just going to buy in general. It doesn't matter what you do. But for the people that are yes or no's, like closing is. So there's a lot that I focus on with closing for, I think, to begin. So a lot of this is in the sales training I ran last week. First off is like when you're closing to physically and verbally relax to just actually become more calm with the way that you talk because people are going to you people are going to reflect you know the energy that you are giving out they're going to feel and if you are tense and anxious and trying to cling and control when you're closing it's like they're going to feel that anxious tension they're going to feel that so you got to just relax i just like to physically lean back in my chair talk a little bit slower, just kind of chill out. And then I ask them, I I do, this is my process for closing. 
I ask them, like I go through, I walk through the next steps of what it looks like working together. And then I ask them an indirect question to see what they think about that. So what that would look like is this, you know, it's like, Hey V, I, what a lot of people like about the way I do business is I'll sign you up today. You know, we'll start working together right away and I'll connect you with my WhatsApp. That way, if you ever have questions, you can feel free to shoot me a message and I'll help you out whenever you need it. How does that sound to you? You know, and that person is going to tell you like, yeah, that sounds awesome to me. Or they're going to say, no, I mean, I don't know if it's really for me right now, you know, because you're saying at the beginning of that, what people like is that I sign you up today. We start working together and I'll get you access so you can pick my brain if you ever need help. How does that sound to you? And if they say, yeah, sounds good to me, they are ready to pay. They're ready. You know, you can, you can go through another round of that and be like, what people also like is, you know, you'll get access to all of my resources and any future trainings and things that I run, you get that too. Is that cool with you? They're like, hell yeah, that's cool. And then the most important part here is like you, you pretty much closed them, but they need to pay. A big mistake a lot of people do is they will, they don't collect the cash on the call and you will lose 95% of your sales if you don't collect it on the call because people buy on emotion. And if you get them all excited and they make a decision at the end, like, yes, I love this. I'm going to buy. And then you hop off the call and send them the link to pay three hours later. They're going to be in a completely different headspace, you know? So the way I like to collect the payment is I just literally have a Stripe link with the payment amount. And I just, after those parts of the sale, I just mentioned, I said, cool to get that started. I'll just send you this link and you can fill out this payment info. Did you get that link? Then they'll be like, yep, I got it. And then you just sit on the call while they pay. And, you know, you can make a little, you can just kind of keep talking or they can just, you can let them pay. Really doesn't matter. You just, you let them pay. And then once that's happened, you start the onboarding process afterwards and you sign them. So for the actual process of closing, to recap it, physically and verbally relax. Talk about the next steps of working together. And then ask them questions, like indirect questions, how they feel about that. Like, how does that sound to you? And then collect the cash by sending them a link. Say, I just sent you a link for the payment. Did you get that? And that that's also an indirect question. You know, it's like, did you get that link? And they're like, yep, I got it. You, you say before, you know, I sent you a link so you can pay. Did you get that link? They're like, yep, I got it. They know that they are going to pay on that link. So it's just a, a very flow-based and not very tense and anxious way to close because if you just close people by saying, so do you want to buy? That is incredibly awkward and no one, no one likes to be put in that position. They're just put on the spot. Um, yeah. So that whole process of the close I mentioned is the way to go about it. This did just bring me back to one other quick thing I want to touch on. If you want to have just an overall pressure-free sales conversation in general, and especially a pressure-free close, this is an important thing to include at some point in your sales conversation, ideally before you talk about how you'll fill their needs, where you give them what I call a buying atmosphere. So you straight up tell them like, hey, V, I'll show you how my service works. And honestly, man, if you like this, if you think this is what you need to help you, then cool, we'll sign up, you know, we'll start working together today. But if you don't like this or you don't think it's really going to help you, then just don't buy it. I don't want you to get something you're not that's not going to help you. And I know that's not what you want either. Is that cool with you?
you're like giving them permission to say no and telling them to say yes if they like your shit. And that's like, that's just so honest and real. And people appreciate the fuck out of that. And they're like, holy shit, this guy's cool as hell. And then they're just like, yeah, but that works with me. I like that. And that way, when you get to the close, you know, they already know that it's okay if they say no. And then when you cover objections too, you're doing it from, there's not much pressure at all because you've already given them permission to say no. You can over, you can try and work through objections with people, but that is an easy way to take all pressure off when it comes to the close It's just making sure beforehand, they know, like, you know, if you like it, buy it. If you don't like it, don't buy it. It's that simple. And either way is fine with me, man. Is that cool with you? That will help a ton when you close. So to recap, give a buying atmosphere to take off the pressure that when you close, physically, verbally relax, talk about the next steps of working together, ask some indirect questions to get them to make a yes or no decision to help them come to a decision and send them a link for payment. It's pretty simple. And the goal here, you're not here to get them to say yes. You're just here to help them make a decision, whether it's a yes or no. I love it, man. You know, especially because sales guys are usually portrayed, um, even just in the media, this ag- aggressive approach to get that sale, especially in the ending parts. And I'm sure there's a lot of movies that will do that. Absolutely. And the way you, the frame, the controlling frame that you've presented is, is in a positive light and something refreshing. Uh, the lens is inviting. So you're inviting them to share their objections and you're also guiding them as the sage to the close part so they can get that journey for themselves. Absolutely. Achieve that outcome that they're looking for, which I re- really like. I'm a big fan of that mm-hmm. approach. Uh, this leads me on, on the same topic of closing the sales, just thinking on the psychology side of the sale and how can a creator detach emotionally from the sale mm. and not making it about them feeling that they're insulted However, down, you know, in extremes and even on the average case of what happens on, on a call. I'm yeah. Just curious. This is such a good question because that's where a lot of like the, the need, the feeling of the need to convince or persuade people in sales comes from is like, I want this sale. I really want this money. You know, it's like this client would help me take my business to the next level. It's like that need, that desire, that clinging and that attachment to the sale is what creates that kind of environment. And so all of this service stuff comes from detaching from the sale. And this is something that you, you get better with at practice. Like when I started sales, I was definitely not good at this at all. I'm very introverted and, you know, talking to people in the first place in a sales conversation one-on-one was not something that was necessarily comfortable for me. And that's why I did it to grow that. But even more so, I was like, oh, I can make money. I was like, so when, when I would sit in a conversation with people, you know, I'd be thinking, what can I say so that they buy? And I had to learn the hard way through thousands of repetitions that that doesn't work and that that doesn't work. That doesn't make a very good environment, a very conducive environment for you to enjoy what you're doing or for them to actually enjoy talking to you and even want to buy from you. So when it comes to detaching from the sale, it's an active conscious process. You're going to be sitting in a sales conversation and naturally there are going to be thoughts that come up where it's like, oh, are they going to buy? They look interested. Are they going to buy? Oh my gosh, I think they're going to buy. Or oh my God, no, it doesn't look like they're interested. What can I do to get them to be interested? These things, these thoughts that come up is they're all self-centered. 
when they come up, you need to consciously detach and consciously remind yourself, no, that's okay. How can I help this person? And detach from that stuff. This is all stuff I talked about in my sales training recently. Joshua was in there. I know Josh loved a lot of this part. It's really a conscious process. It's an ongoing process. You just have to give yourself time and actively work to detach from that stuff. Because when you can really detach from the sale, that's when, when when you don't feel the need for it. Like when you don't need it, that's when people just flock to you. And they just freaking buy out of your hands there's been, I've had some very interesting experiences with this. You just sit there, you're just kind of talking to them, serving them. And then you don't really feel a need for them to say yes, because you know, you'll find other people that say yes. So then you just talk from that state and people buy from that. So a couple ways to center yourself and how to actually detach, you got to consciously detach, but that buying atmosphere I mentioned, that isn't just for them. That's for you too. You, you need to, when you tell, when you give people a buying atmosphere, like if you like this, buy it, you know, but if you don't like this, then just don't buy it. That's okay too. That's not just for them. You need to internalize that yourself too. Like the, I, I need to be okay with if they don't buy, if I can be okay with them saying no, all the power is flowing freely in that sales conversation. So there's that. And another great thing to just give yourself perspective is like this person you're talking to is not going to be the last client, potential client you ever talk to in a sales call. So you don't have to put so much weight in it. Yeah, there's going to be some people that come along where you're like, oh my God, this is the perfect client. But that's that might look like the most perfect client you've seen so far. You just got to relax. You know, you're going to find other people. Other people are going to come. And when you can actually detach from that, that's when a lot of those people come in. So it's a conscious process. Just when you give a buying atmosphere, give yourself a buying atmosphere and help yourself just realize that it's okay if one person doesn't buy. Other people are going to buy. It's okay. And through that process of just conscious detachment, you will detach from the sale a lot more. It it just takes time. You're not going to be perfect with it at the start. And hell, if you are, hell yeah, awesome. But overall, just focus on consciously detaching from it giving yourself and them a buying atmosphere and just realizing, you know, other people are going to come along. So it's okay. I like that. And I like, I like the abundancy uh, lens and the perspective that you kind of went over where you're saying that it's not going to be the last person because I don't know why we tend to feel that uh, we're not going to get another chance or another another shot uh, as if there's not enough people out there with the same problem. That's going to be so niche for you to have an issue like that. Um, so uh, I do like that. And I, I, mm-hmm. I personally and unintentionally, I had that shift um, from when I was tr- uh, when I was trying to get clients before, I found that myself desperate to try to close. And I, I felt desperate in general on every sales call. But the moment I reached a point where I was getting enough clients and I was making enough money, I was very relaxed. Like I was like my whole mindset going into the course was like, I don't need you. And that kind of relaxed me a lot. And then then I noticed, especially after reading some of your tweets and, you know, I've engaged with your comments where I was like, you know, like, what the hell? I wish I had this before, this kind of mindset from the beginning. <laughs> and so it opens. Uh, I can see that. So anyone's starting out in your journey, uh, just remove that desperation one, phase from you. Yeah. Well, one thing you just said right there was really important. It's like once you had the clients kind of rolling mm-hmm. in, and coming in pretty consistently, you didn't feel as much desperation because 
you didn't need people as much. You know, it was like, if they want to, cool. If they don't, that's okay too. Mm-hmm. If you can learn to like, I'm talking just anyone in general, if you can learn to bring that mentality and that state of being into your present reality before you have those clients, that's how they start coming in. That is how they come to you. When you know you don't need them, that's when they will be attracted to you because you're not chasing, you're just attracting. You're being your best self, you're giving selflessly, serving, and they will be attracted as a result. So it goes back to a concept I, I talk about called be, do, have, you know, just when you can learn to be detached from that, that's when you will have the clients that you want. So I'm, I love that you just said that because that's, that's a powerful, powerful breakthrough, a powerful shift. And it's, it's, it definitely makes a huge difference. hundred percent. I appreciate that uh, coming from you. Uh, so I'm going to open the Q and A's for everyone. So feel free to request or drop your comments, uh, your question in the comments section. Uh, meanwhile, I'm going to ask you one last question. Um, then hopefully there's people who have their questions lined up. What is uh, the one piece of advice that you'd give your past self for when embarking on the path to become an, ex- an excellent sales individual? Yeah, God, there's so many things I can say. I think overall, it, it comes back to it comes back to service. But I think an important thing with sales is it is a great opportunity to become aware of certain parts of yourself that don't serve you and your business, as well as become aware of areas that you can just grow in general, because we don't grow the most from sitting in our rooms, isolating ourselves, thinking, journaling, you know, we can grow from that stuff, but we grow the most in our relationships with others. And sales is a fantastic way to do that because you're working with very tangible things, a lot of interesting power dynamics where it's like there's money involved, there's people's lives involved. You know, it's like these very interesting avenues where there's a lot going on and it's a great place to learn to let go of the parts of yourself that don't serve you or your business, as well as embrace the side of you that really helps you feel alive and helps you serve other people very well because this comes back to service. It's that's what it's about. That's what sales is about. It's not about selling. It's about helping. It's about filling the needs of the people in front of you and truly caring about them. So the one piece of advice I'd give is just treat sales as an avenue for growth. That's what it is. Not just growth of your business, but growth of your character, of your person, of becoming the person that you want to be. And you will make a lot of breakthroughs doing that. There's so much you can learn about yourself and about human psychology and other people when you're in sales conversations. So embrace that, focus on service, and you will grow an incredible business and incredible character. That's what I have to say. Uh, I love that. And I can see it, even though I'm still in the early part of the journey, I can definitely see the dynamics that you've spoken about in the relationship. It's, it's true. There's definitely a lot to learn in in this space. That's the typical words you probably read in articles will have that forceful or sleazy type of sales language. I'm just curious um, if there's any particular language that you like to adopt or do you just empower the whole natural go with it type of approach? Yeah. To keep this short, I mean, if you guys were really consciously paying attention earlier on in this space, I 
said the word prospect at one point, and that's a word that I'm trying to consciously eliminate from my vocabulary because it almost has a dehumanizing connotation to it. Um, mm-hmm. I just like to refer to people as people. You know, I don't like to use it. the sales language that I think is overall. Let me put it this way. You want to take out sales language that is dehumanizing or implies that you are there to take advantage of or take advantage of someone or language that's focused on what you gain. And so when it comes to saying like, how can I sell this person? I replace that with how can I find their needs and fill them? You know, instead of prospect, I just call them a freaking human. They're they're a human being, you know, just call them, like don't dehumanize people. They're a human yeah. being. And then, you know, other stuff like I'm trying to think of some other words. Um, you know, I don't I don't like to use phrases like, you know, trust me. It's like if if you were trustworthy, you wouldn't have to just tell people that blatantly. You know, it's just, it comes back to your state of being. So, I mean, overall, the, the rules that I follow along the lines of the language I use in sales is just I don't use any language that implies dehumanizing people like prospect. I don't use any language that focuses on me taking advantage of people. And I don't use any language that focuses on what I can gain. I use language that focuses on how I can serve the person in front of me, how I can help them, and how I can just build this relationship overall. So instead of prospect, use people. Instead of sell or convince, use find needs and fill them. That's what I say. I like that. And I think that's a better frame to go with because you can stay here all day and list the different words and go say yes to this and no to that. This approach where you're saying, just think, focus on the language that not dehumanizing them makes more sense. And then you can use that framework to move forward and decide what language you've been using and whether you think that's a good thing or not. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Jacob, can you share with the listeners like where they can uh, follow you if you have any offers you want to inform them about? Yeah. For sure. I put it in the chat. Um, Last week, I ran a sales training, a three-day live sales training, three 90-minute sessions. Pretty much goes in-depth to every single thing I talk about in here, the whole service-minded, pressure-free sales mentality, and the entire step-by-step process from taking a client from the first approach to the close and then paying you. Um, There's recordings up for sale for it. Joshua was in it. He can attest to it. it. was. He says it was awesome, so I think it was awesome as well. Um, if you honestly, if you're looking to learn how to actually sell, how to detach from a sale so you can sell more and how to leave people actually thanking you for selling to them, the training's for you. Check it out if you want to. Yeah, make sure, make sure you guys check that out. Make sure you sub to Jacob's newsletter as well. I think it's a one of a kind type of newsletter. I really hey, enjoyed that. And the, the be do have framework is the first piece he wrote. Yep. So make sure you guys check that one out too. It's one of my favorite oh, yeah. pieces. And once again, I want to express my gratitude to you, Jacob, for joining me on here today and sharing such high value insights with everyone. And with that, I'll conclude and say thank you for tuning in, guys. I look forward to seeing you guys all in the next episode.